Hi. It's me. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm Lauren. I'm Brittany. Uh, I'm recording from my couch with no hookup or anything, nothing fancy, because I'm tired. It's been a long week. I'm recording from my bedroom, fresh out of work in my work clothes, because it's also been a long week. I do have my microphone, though, because you're going to want it, and my computer cannot. <laughs> you have headphones, too. I literally am just bare laptop, bare bones in this, so I was like, nope. I made hot chocolate, but I put it in, like, an insulated cup. So I made it like 35 minutes ago, but still steaming, and I'm like, I just want to drink it. But it's still hot. What'd you do to your favorite? I made myself some unsweet tea, because I'm an adult now, and I don't drink sweet tea. Oh, I might have broken it. So here's the story of about how my life got twist-turned upside down. Lauren. Um, so sorry that that happened. Okay, so... I work at a grocery store. Everyone here knows that. Um, and also, this grocery store is, like, stalking me. I was on TikTok after a really bad shift. It was after that bad shift where I canceled recording because I was crying. Yeah, you see the video <laughs> and you're like, what? I was so angry. It was the first thing mm-hmm. on my For You page. And I was like, this is not right. I am not okay with it. But anyway, it is Thanksgiving, which for a grocery store is the busiest time of year. And it starts, well, last Monday is when it started for us. Like, it's just insanely busy. There's no room for anything. And we have an incredibly small wear room where we receive all of our product and not enough refrigerated storage for everything that needs to be sold room again i just thought like i said a werewolf but i was like the werewolf room got it (laughs) so stupid no it's a room for your wares where the wares go (laughs) so (laughs) we uh i like yours better (laughs) but no no werewolves are in the room But we have some uh, refrigerated trailers that are docked outside that you can go out and, like, climb into. And we have, like, a power lift where you can, like, forklift things out of it, essentially, right? So I was in the refrigerated trailer trying, and I had to, like, lift a manual pallet jack, which is, like, it's like an old-timey railroad conductor thing. You do uh, this to make it go up, and then you pull it out. But everything in there is incredibly heavy, and it's on a hill, and it's icy. So I fell, and I, my first instinct was to put my hand down, and then I was like, no, I can't do that, I'll break my wrist, because I have very tiny little wrists, so I have to think about them all the time. And so I yanked my hand up, hit the wall, and heard my finger pop. And after I was done in the trailer, I was like, oh, no, it's actually really swollen and it hurts. So I'm pretty sure I broke my finger. I might have just jammed it really bad. It does feel a lot better today. But uh, this is my life now. I am. Uh, My mom told me my finger was just jammed when I was in, like, sixth grade. And now this pinky doesn't go together. Oh, no. So maybe go get that checked out before you can. Yeah, this finger, it it doesn't bend up all the way. It just. <laughs> I have to like pop my pinky to the side to make it line up a little bit better. But like the the ring now like this and it just. Doesn't I've uh, I've broken a lot of fingers <laughs> in my day, and this one I am able to straighten it. It just hurts. And there's no, it's not off place or anything. It's just really swollen. So I'm hopeful that it's just jammed, but it's possibly broken. And it really sucks because I always peace sign people and I can't. <laughs> it was good. Have you ever noticed when I peace sign, my pinky is always out because it doesn't. Kill- I did notice that. <laughs> Hold it down. Oh no. I don't. I don't. <laughs> And this was also the one that I hooked with my trumpet, so it really has just, like, grown to the side, because your trumpet hook 
You weren't supposed to put your like finger in the hook or they're like, you don't use it. Put rest your finger on it. Nah, my, that pinky was already sideways. So that one went right in that hook. So it's got a little nub on there too. That's where that belongs. So, yeah, I've noticed that. <laughs> See, the best thing about playing the sousaphone is that it holds itself up for the most part. <laughs> like you just kind of have to go, okay. <laughs> That's how it holding it like this <laughs> like, straight posture. It was like, I can't breathe. <laughs> My posture was horrible, but they couldn't really say anything about it because they couldn't really tell. Yeah, you have <laughs> what I love. Whatever. Yeah. And I, I have a hunchback, and that's because of my tuba days, probably. Sam's going to be so excited to listen because he was a tuba player. Ah, oh, Sam! Just another thing we have in common. Another tuba player. There we are. Another tuba player. I played tuba because I was forced to. I am a bassoonist at heart, and you cannot march with a bassoon. So I don't even, I'm not even a tuba player. If you handed me a sousaphone today, would I be able to make it work? No. Would I be able to make a sound? Sure. Could I play you anything? Absolutely not. <laughs> but if you hand me a bassoon, I might be able to actually make some music. So I I'm a bassoonist was at looking. heart. For a shirt in my closet that is still missing. I have no idea where it is. It's a Bucky's Thanksgiving shirt. I really would like to find it for Thursday. But my trumpet was in there and I sat there for a good five minutes contemplating, should I play it right now? And just break my neighbors in? <laughs> I did not. I didn't put it back. Yes. But I need to buy some valve oil. No. And then I tried to press the keys. I was like, ooh, <laughs> you have not been pressed in a few years there, buddy. I love my trumpet, though. Oof. Still got it. Still got all I didn't own that, my instruments. I wish I did, kind of. You have? But they're so expensive. Giant instruments, yeah. My trumpet, I think, was like a thousand. I did. They were... My... The bassoon that I almost bought was two grand, and then the sousaphone was almost three, so there was no freaking way I was going to do that, especially since I was, like, pushed into playing the sousaphone for marching. But it was so I was like, I'm not gonna buy it. I love the bassoon. Say what? Said so it would have been really the cool bassoon. If you owned your bassoon, I loved playing the bassoon. It just has the most lovely tone, and it's so versatile. <laughs> like bassoons, you, not a lot of people played the bassoon, but they're phenomenal, <laughs> and they're just so deep and nice. It's. Honestly, it's like the bass backbone of a band, and I stand by that. We had two bassoon players in our band. I think we had three at one mm -hmm. point. One was in a different band. I think we only had one oboe player, one or two. We had one yeah, we had, player. We had three bassoonists, including me, and then when I quit band, there were only two. No one else ever wanted to play the bassoon. <laughs> I don't and um the orchestra but we never had orchestra now our school has orchestra i know we didn't either and i really wanted to play the cello so i, was I love out. i did i did end up playing the fiddle when i was like 19 i started taking lessons so i can kind of get some stuff out of it but, but uh and then i i gave my violin to a child well, no, I gave it to a friend who gave it to a child that her daughter is an orchestra with, and she's, her is broke. And I was like, well, I don't play mine. It's been there for, like, ten years. Please take it. Ten years. Jeez, rice. Ten years. <sighs> well, I, what was I going to say? I, oh, cello. We would go to <coughs> um, state solo and ensemble and work it at UT, and I always mm. asked for the cello room <laughs> so I could listen. But the cello That's room so was pretty. always the last room done. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, being at the very end of the day, and everybody was, like, downstairs hanging out, and I'm still checking people in, like, I'm gonna be done. But I love it. But it's worth it. Cello's beautiful. We'd get paid. We love it, it would go towards our band trip fund. We could pay, like, hey work it. So it's not bad. Disney World. Yeet. We were supposed to go to Hawaii. And then they 
changed it. And I've still never been to Hawaii. And I'm upset one day. I quit right before our band trip. So I didn't get to go to Disney World. I did. Because it was like either stay in band or give up theater. And I didn't want to give up theater. And I was already in um, choir. So I couldn't not do that. I did. Well, I was also the president of three clubs, which is. <laughs> Lauren, how did you? I'm an overachiever. And I was president of the. I was president of the creative writing club, of the drama club, and I was vice president of the French club, only because vice president didn't have to do anything, and all of my friends were in French club, and I was in French class. I really liked my French teacher, but I was really bad at French. And at one point, he straight up just used me as the example of what not to do. <laughs> and it was really great. I love Mr. Wade. But, I'm sorry, Dale, he makes me call him by his first name now, and it feels strange. I don't like it. But we still talk, because Mr. Wade's dope. Um, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, there's one more club I was president of. Which club was it? I don't remember. It must not have been important. I no was historian in band because you didn't have to do anything. And I liked being a band officer. And then I was only in student council my senior year because <laughs> I just needed more Ugh. stuff on my my transcript. And I was like, well, I'll join student council. I liked it in middle school. And I just did it senior year. And we really didn't do anything. So it was great. <laughs> Shoot. Oh, I also did UIL. Oh, yeah. And I did um, morning announcements. I never did like the actual on-air morning announcements, but I filmed and edited yeah. all of them. Yeah, our principal just made announcements. Second period. Now we had we did morning announcements. Well, I guess they weren't even really morning announcements. It was third period at like the end of the period, but they made us all tune into them. But when we had, my freshman year, we had an AD schedule. So on AD schedule, we'd watch it in homeroom. And then every year after, we just watched it third period. We had that like once in middle school and then never again. Um, yeah. I loved AD. Second, second period announcements, but I was in Symphonic 1 for like three years. Mm. So that was second period band. So we never heard them. <laughs> it wasn't until I was a ensemble that I had first period band and then heard the announcements to a different class but I think we all still just talked through <laughs> but it was a principal. I remember at one point <laughs> you're gonna love this at one point I made a lost parody for it I don't remember what it was but it was right after the polar bear episode so I just made polar bears run out of everything so like everywhere someone turned there's just a polar bear <laughs> From when, uh, it was really you funny. Never, never know why there's a polar bear there. Still, still a mystery. No. Yeah, I, I'm still mad about it. <laughs> Great, I love it. Uh, you know what else I'm mad about? The show ending. Yeah, the show ending of Warren High School Host Club. It's upsetting. But what that was a good sigu. <laughs> I'm sorry, and I took it. Oh, also, Bridget and I went to go see our favorite podcast report. Yep. And then the next day, Bridget went to a book signing and made them send a video to me, and I died. Lorna, and Christine, I know you'll never people. listen to this, because why would you? You're not anime people. But, like, I was in the middle of a very busy grocery store, and I straight up laid down on the floor and made a stranger take a picture of me, because I was so dead. I passed my phone to a man I don't know and said, will you take a picture of me dead on the floor? And he said, yes, immediately. <laughs> Excellent interaction with the human being. No idea who this man is. Thank you. I love the picture. He gave me three pictures to choose from, too. It was a boy. He was like, wait, I want an angle of your face like this. <laughs> it was a great show. And the book signing was really cool. It was very small, which was really nice. Uh, mm -hmm. Like talking to them like, your friends, but you know they don't know you, but you know everything about them. And I was like, what a bizarre everything. Thing. It was really cool. M apparently is still in Austin area. And they, they were spotted at Bucky's tonight. <laughs> uh, hey M, you wanna 
hang out with Bridget because I'm too anxious to hang out I with you. Say, I think we'd be good friends, though. It's like you couldn't even go to the No. I feel like if I met them in a, like, social setting, it would be different. But going to meet someone as a fan has always been really hard for me. Like... I really thought I was over it, and then I met Sean Murphy and, like, cried like a baby. And I don't understand why it's so difficult, but it really is. Like, when I'm a fan of something, I'm a fan of it so hard that my body just shuts down upon any normal thing about them because it doesn't compute in my brain that these aren't just unbelievably special people like you know what I mean yeah it doesn't connect. That's why I always just turn it to a work conversation that's how I get around it uh, pitch something for work and give my business card and then go on my merry little way and that's why uh, I just can't do it you know I don't get like nervous often but if it's outside of work if, if I can't do it for work then I won't do it like I've been in the same room yeah. with Johnson multiple times and will never say hi unless it's going to be for work and I need to. And yet, I totally would have gone to say hi to Ryan Johnson because yeah. there's no connection for me. He's just a guy, and that's so stupid. It's stupid that there's a difference. I so hate it. It's learning it's how fine. to manipulate your anxiety and trick your brain. That's what I do. I'm like, well, if yeah. I do work, I have to get this done. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so then I go do it for work. Ugh. Right. That's how I met Lin-Manuel Miranda and Weird Al and all of them. And, and Jonathan Groff. Jonathan I mean, it's a little different. Maybe if I... Jonathan Groff? And he was like... <laughs> all right. <laughs> was he like, touch me? just like that that wasn't even his character what character was he no that was his character okay i'm good I take I it back. it's been a while since i've seen spring awakening i would have seen like the frozen 2 um song that him oh. and deer sing like, also excellent my brother and i sang that at karaoke one time i hate karaoke but my brother rocked it no i just kind of just stood there and was like in awe like dang kid I love karaoke. It's everything. It's been so long. One day. All right. No one ever wants to go. Let's talk about this anime. (laughs) The last two. All right. Oh, I've got to. I've got to give you some uh, summaries. Hold those. I (laughs) episode five. The host club declares solution. Whoa. All right, here is your Netflix summary. Tamaki's family brings a guest, a Claire, to the school festival, and she... Uh, what? They did not make this correct. It says she's got designs on the king. <laughs> that is not a correct summary. Designs? Yes. It's on Netflix. I'm assuming that she has... This is the Netflix app. I straight up just pulled it up. Did they, like, Google Translate it? I I don't know. Maybe, like... Read it. (laughs) It might also be my dyslexia. Like, maybe I'm just not reading it correctly. That happens to me a lot. That I get stuck on a word. Nope, that's it. She's got designs on the king. That's wrong. Oh well, that's the Netflix summary. Let's see what do Hulu- better Netflix. I want to know what Hulu says. Now. I've been watching on Hulu, but I don't ever read the summaries. Oran. Okay. Um. Da 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 da. Oh, sweet. <laughs> Sorry, I was, go- I was going into song. This one says, Tamaki's family brings a guest, Eclair, to the school festival, but she's got designs on the king. Haruhi might be a tad jealous, but it's Tamaki's inner tor- turmoil that presents the biggest threat to her happiness. 
Hey, yo. The eyes on the king. I guess. I don't know. It's that just, just so makes sense. Very wrong. Maybe we're just bad at English. I I don't think so though. Like I really, I don't. <laughs> I don't think so. No claim to know. <laughs> anyway, here we go. Tell us what happened, B. I'm reading it on my phone because I don't want to get it. Which screens? I'm we're real lazy tonight. I've got my blanket pulled up. Double and get it. All right, campus is bustling with workers being directed by students as the annual Orange Fair commences. How are you, Kiyoya? Stand Ooh. together. Oh, you're wooing. Stand together. I uh, was wooing. I'm sorry. <laughs> with Haruhi asking about the major construction and elaborate plans being executed, Kiyoya explains that at Oran, the focus is on demonstrating one's readiness for life of power and wealth, and not arts and crafts. Hikaru and Mori pull up in a beautiful horse-drawn carriage, uh, which comes into play next episode, too, uh, with Honey and Tamaki, who invite them to rehearse for the Oran Fair Parade. They all ride together. Haruhi is uh, dour as the clock tower bell signals the opening day of the annual event. Tamaki tells her, let's make this fair the best one yet. Which, of course, is always a bad omen. Uh, his enthusiasm mm-hmm. being contagious and drawing a smile from her. The hosts are being charming, serving refreshments, displaying all their various skills. This is like the host show-off time. And a host regular gushes to her mom about the wonderful club. It's basically like parents' weekend at college. About the wonderful club, but the woman is skeptical of its intent. Tamaki appears to woo the lady's heart. Uh, and in short order, she's fanatical as, as her daughter, as much as her daughter about the club. Honey and mm-hmm. more sweet, Hikaru and Kaoru are heartrending, and Kiyoya demonstrates his savviness as the club's director. So they're all showing off their individual skills. Harley comments that their setup is extravagant, even for them, but Tamaki says happiness is above any price tag. <laughs> But Kiyoya clearly says, like, we're over budget. And is like, this is not great. <laughs> uh, as the trio banters, someone is watching through purple-colored opera glasses lenses. I hate them. Uh, that someone is a woman ugh, who is approached by Haruhi, who thinks she's a boy. Obviously, because that's the whole plot of the show. Uh... Yuzuru Suo enters the room and Tamaki greets him as father, which the Dapperman says is too formal and insists that he calls him chairman, which is like, yo, your dad doesn't let you call him dad. Uh, as the blonde spies on his father from the overhanging chandelier, Yuzuru compliments Kiyoya's management skills, though Kiyoya insists that it's Tamaki's vision that keeps the club alive. Haruhi's presence is requested, and the two sit together. Tamaki falls to the floor, but remains vigilant to their conversation. Chairman Suo is taken with the honor student, giving him a rose, and asked to be called uncle. A familiarity that rocks Tamaki's world as Haruhi ponders the similar natures of father and son. Just then, a resounding smack. I Let me tell you, when I gasped at this part, I... I, like, was taking a shower and watching this and was, like, it, like, got out of the shower, like, rewound. So, what? <laughs> I thought I had missed something, but no, it just comes out of the blue. So, I was, like, my episode was the glitch, or I don't know where the, what happened, how did he, no. Justin, a resounding smack is heard, and everyone sees the, uh, Yoshio Oturi slapping Kiyoya, knocking his glasses off, and saying he's an embarrassment to the family, which I was, like, not my boy. Yeah, he's harsh. As the man approaches Yuzuru, the Suo elder gently reprimands his action, considering how exceptional a son Kiyoya truly is. Yoshio remains stone-faced, and Yuzuru goes on to say that he's aware of the man's troubles, but hopes he isn't taking his frustration out on Kiyoya. Uh, Tamaki is especially worried for his friend, and Haruhi asks if the senior Otori is angry about Kiyoya's involvement in the host club. Kyoya dismisses them both, tossing off that he expected such a reaction. We find out what that slap is next episode, uh, literally second to last scene, while credits are rolling, we find out why that slap happened. 
Yeah, uh, the wrap up for this is just so bad. <laughs> Man, they just rushed through that. I was like, whoa, that would have been a great season. Uh, it's okay. I'm going to tell you what actually happens. <laughs> so uh-huh. you're fine. As Tamaki considers the implications of what just occurred, Yuzuru reminds his son that actions have consequences. And as the blonde is seen gazing at Haruhi, Yuzuru tells Tamaki that he needs to consider his future in a realistic manner. The doors open and an elderly woman in a kimono enters. It's Shijui Suo, Tamaki's grandmother. Haruhi thinks it's sweet until Honey says, I hate that woman, which is a big deal for Honey. The Suo matriarch passes by her yeah. grandson and calls him filthy child, which I was like, not this boy either. Don't need to back up. Um, he's the most special boy and everyone can suck it our little <laughs> that's how I feel back off our little golden retriever um, before requesting boy. Claire who turns out to be the young woman with the purple opera glasses Tamaki is ordered to be a Claire's escort for the remainder of the fair and they leave everyone else behind as the twins speculate on the stranger Ringe of course steps in and informs them that a Claire Tonnery is the youngest daughter of the powerhouse Tanare family, whose grand Tanare group is buying up Japanese business businesses in mass. We see a gondola with Tamaki and Eclair floating down a man-made stream, observing the art club students' work, <laughs> uh, which made me laugh because literally Kyrie is like, we don't care about art. And then what's the first thing that <laughs> Tamaki does? Look at all of our art. <laughs> um... Claire finds them amateurish and doesn't hesitate to say so before asking Tamaki to play the piano for her. As the couple enters music room three and Tamaki begins playing, we see a still shot of Claire with an unknown woman who sits by a window. Haruhi, who's been hesitating by the door, finally enters and berates Tamaki. My phone is not on silent. Oh, <laughs> it's been going off. <laughs> Bob Iger is now the CEO of Disney, but that's a tangent we'll get to later. Um, uh oh. Haruhi, who has been hesitant before, finally enters and berates Tamaki for not being with his club. Eclair says Tamaki belongs to her for the time being and direct- directly asks if Haruhi is jealous, which really ticks me off. Thrilling Tamaki to the very thought and revealing to Eclair that the fact that Haruhi is a female because he gets so flustered and is like, my girl. And she's like, girl. Um, we go back to the main room where Haruhi explains that Tamaki is entertaining Lady Claire because everybody keeps asking where he is. The twins state that she sounds jealous and everybody agrees. I love that Honey Mori are just like, yeah, yeah, you do. Kiyoya states that Tamaki is obeying his grandmother, which leads Haruhi to ask about the woman's icy behavior and Kaoru to divulge Tamaki's illegitimate background because she still didn't really know. A flashback shows that 20 years prior, the Suo patriarch died. And Yuzuru was rushed into a marriage before he was ready with a woman of his mother's choosing in order for there to be a living Suo leader. A few years later, Yuzuru meets Anne Sophie de Grand de Grantaine, I'm not good at French. During a business trip to Paris, they fall in love, and soon she becomes his lover, resulting in the birth of Tamaki. Uh, which also little Tamaki chan as a baby, adorable. So cute. <laughs> Uh, the cutest baby. Uh. Mizuru tells his mother that he's divorcing his wife, leaving his wife to marry her, but she objects. So Anne-Sophie remains in France, where she raises Tamaki until he's 14. When her health and family businesses begin to fail, Shizu, uh, the grandma, offers her financial security if she relinqu- relinquishes Tamaki into her custody forever. So bartering with a child. Though it is Tamaki who actually makes the decision to go to Japan rather than push such a difficult choice on his mother. His mom is devastated and goes into hiding out of shame. The loss of a mother especially affects Haruhi, but she's comforted by Kiyoya's reassurance that the hardships Tamaki endured as a child have molded him into the good-hearted person that he is today. As they all share a moment of companionship and rededication to Tamaki and the host club, the doors of the room open and Tamaki enters with Eclair. With a serious face and attitude, Tamaki tells them that Eclair and him are officially engaged. Boo. Uh, and that following the fair, the host club will be officially dissolved. 
The episode ends in silence, except for Haruki's sudden inhalation of air and her large brown eyes glowing with tons of emotion. I hate Eclair. I'm going to tell you straight up, Eclair is not in the manga. She was made up for the TV show because they knew they weren't getting Oh, I couldn't tell by her name being Eclair and she's from France. She's stupid and I hate her. She's evil. They needed, though, for this sudden ending. They had to wrap it up somehow. So, as I was saying before we started recording, but I didn't want to go too far into it, is at this, it's really amazing that we're living in this time of such great anime because we're getting anime that's actually getting consistent seasons. But back in the day, anime wasn't like hella big in Japan, or like in England. It's always England in America. You know where, <laughs> where am I? Where are you? <laughs> I don't know. Help me because I'm so very tired. I live in in England. I live in a grocery store. I just live in it now, and it's 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 sacred land. Um. Anyway, back then they didn't have as many opportunities. Like, they they would come in to pilot a season, and then they never knew if they were going to get a second season. So everything, every season, unless you were, like, Naruto or Inuyasha, was ending like this. Especially for shoujo. Like, it just never got the chance to make continuous things. So a lot of things... A lot of shoujo that we're going to watch from, like, this time period, from, like, 2007 to 2012, is very up in the air. Like, even Haiku, because its reader base was mostly girls, yeah, it it didn't have a revamp season. Like, it did, its second season came out, I want to say, like, eight years after the first season came out. And the animation style is completely different. It's crazy to look at. But yeah, so it just it just stuff like that, and it just ugh, I hate how they ended the show. I know they did their best, but I hate it. Uh, here are your voice actors for Eclair. <laughs> All right, English voice actor is Colleen Colleen Clickenbird. Uh, her she should be very familiar. Uh, she plays Monkey D. Luffy in all of the One Piece movies. And uh, she is a Kreati or Momoya Yorozu in um, My Hero Academia. And she is also Riza Hawkeye. I in- thought so! Yeah. I was like, <laughs> in like, monotone but sultry voice sounded so familiar. Yeah. Uh, lots of appearances of Full Metal Alchemist humans. Um, all right. And then her Japanese voice actor is Yukara Ta. Tamura? Tamura? Tamura. Yep, that sounds fine to me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it was mostly okay. Uh, and her most famous thing was that she played Rika Furdu in uh, Higurashi no Nanokonoroki, which for some reason I can say, but I can't say names and I hate myself for it. <laughs> okay. Get away from me, Eclair. Then we've got Tamaki's lovely father. I don't even know how to say his name correctly. They just call him the chairman in the sub. Yuzuru. Yuzuru? Yuzuru. Yuzuru His English voice actor is John Schwazy. And we know him too because he plays Von Hohenheim. That's our guy. And... And he also plays All for One in My Hero Academia. Lots of crossovers here. Oh, I need to read today. His um, Japanese voice actor is Kazuhiko Inuo. Inue. Inue. Uh, And he he really only has one big credit, but it is a giant credit. And he plays Kakashi Hitake in Naruto. I do love Kakashi. Yeah, he's been Kakashi for forever. Which dad? And, huh? Who is that? Kakashi? No, no, no. Uh, the who? Who is he in this show? 
Oh, he's uh, Tomoki's dad. Okay. I'll have to rewatch that bit. I'm trying to like. Oh, it's his. It's the Japanese voice actor. Oh, never mind. Yeah. And then we've got uh, Grandma Suo. I'm just going to call her Grandma Suo because I hate her. Yeah, her Um, first name was harder to say. Her uh, English voice actor is Judy Keith, and she's not played anyone. Oh my god, in her thing it actually says Grandma Suo. It doesn't say her real name. (laughs) I did it on purpose. And uh, then we've got Japanese voice actor is Hisako Kyoda, and she really has only played this, and she's also Kino in Shaman King, but the revamp version. And she's the voice of the fairy godmother in uh, all the Kingdom Hearts games. Oh. So that's kind of it. Oh, she also plays Cade in Inuyasha, who's a, a decent person. Like, we, we like her. She's around a lot. But that's it. That's also all the voice actors I have for this episode. Because the next episode is just everyone that we already know. Alright, let's get through this so I can tell you how it actually ends. I realized the past few episodes we never do fun facts anymore. There's not really a lot of fun facts about this. Like, there... I I do fun facts when I can find interesting things. But... eh. There's not really a whole lot of fun facts to be had here. I I found a couple, and I'm saving them for the next show. For the big thing. Because there's just, like, this much. (laughs) So small. Um, But also, it's a smaller show. Big fandom, small show. Um, And especially with Shoujo, there's just not a lot of crazy crap. Uh, anyway, uh, episode 26, this is our Oron Fair. Uh, here is your Netflix summary. The only way to save the host club is to keep Tamaki from returning to France with Eclair. That's it. With that little pastry hoe. All right. <laughs> <The> little pastry <laughs> Ah! Okay. So the episode begins with a shot of uh, the Fujioka with Fuji- Haruhi's mom. Kutu. You were right. Fujioka. Yeah. You did great. I could say her first name and I kept saying her last name. Kotoko Fujioka's shrine in the Fujioka home. Ranka is having breakfast and asks Haruhi why she's not eating, as she usually does. Uh, Haruhi's usual upbeat smile betrays nothing, but something is amiss, and, and Ranka can tell. Uh, it's the day two of the Oran Academy Fair as Kyoya serves. As serves? Jesus. As serves. As is in. <laughs> Can you tell? Yes. Uh, Kyoya serves a Claire tea in the central uh, room. She makes a disparaging remark about this place and about his place in the Oturi family scheme. But Kyoya politely asks if there's anything else she needs. Nothing really breaks him. The only thing that's broken him was Tamaki, <laughs> which I love. Yeah. Uh, when inquire inquires about the amount of. of debt left for Haruhi in the club, Kyoya is clearly disturbed. He calls to Haruhi to join them before taking his leave as the brunette sits opposite of the heiress. Eclair says she's noticed Tamaki's soft spot for Haruhi, to which Haruhi says, are you jealous? Which is the best <laughs> Uno reverse card right there. I was like, mm, that was perfect. perfect. Mm. I would have never thought of that in the moment. I would have thought about that later in the shower and I would have been mad I didn't say it. Got it. Um, it's good soup. Uh, <laughs> um, Claire later tells Tamaki he's not allowed to show his face at the host club ever again. As the hosts all stand around, dejected by the fo- unfolding events, Kyoya reminds them that their guests are their priority, to which Honey and Mori put into action, carrying Hikaru and Kaoru along. Kyoya pivots to see Eclair leaving Haruhi, whose expression is lifeless. Knowing of the offer, he goes to uh, to where she sits in silence, thanking her for her hard work before releasing her from her duties as a host. Her debt has now been paid, and she can leave if she wants. I did like that he said, if you choose to, because he doesn't want her to leave, but she is free to Oh, they're friends. Yeah. Haruhi's eyes grow wider than ever. Yoshio passes, pausing briefly to remark to his son that he shouldn't waste time on things of no value. Rude. 
Tired and heart sore, he confronts the stern man, informing him that what the host club does has value and that Kiyoya's direction is outstanding. Um, as the elder Oturi walks away, he quietly mentions that his, this, his challenger, must be the honor student that Kiyoya talks about at home. And I was like, oh, he talks about her? Which would have been a great mm-hmm. season, two, but here we are. And they also tease that at the end of the episode, but here we are. Um, I know. So, he's in office, where he discusses, oh, did I skip? No, we're back at his office, where he discusses with his mother, uh, the, what's her name's, Grand Torneri's, whatever, Eclair's family's, aggressive tactics in buying up Japanese companies. Shizu says it won't matter after the family has an heir, meaning Tamaki. Yuzuru asks how she plans to inspire Tamaki's interest in Suo property. Uh, oh, prosperity, since he's shown little interest thus far. Shizu reveal, reveals that she's promised that he can see his mother if he marries Lady Eclair, which is absolute trash emotional manipulation. This lady can die. Um, it's awful. I stand by it's it. It's awful. Though Yuzuru is startled by this news, Shizu coolly states that Tamaki is simply making amends for his youthful mistakes. That's trash. Uh, we see Tamaki again playing the piano for Eclair, who emerges from taking a shower, this hoe. Uh, and she, she did this earlier, I forgot to say this earlier, in the last episode, she like shoves Tamaki down on the couch, and is like, you want a real woman? And I was, oof, oof. Is that what she says in there? Basically, she says something like she, because in, go ahead. In the sub? She says, only I can give you what you want after they There's talk about the whole that, family dynamic. And I'm like, ew. Want me. Anyway. She tries to seduce him again, and she puts his arm around him with great familiarity, but he is uncharacteristically emotionless until his phone rings and he brightens. Claire grabs it because she's an abuser, and she, when someone tries to distance you from your friends and family in a relationship, Red flag. Everyone, note that. Red flag. Red flag. Eclair grabs it, noticing that the call is coming from Haruhi. Uh, we flash back to the earlier conversation where Eclair uh, asked Haruhi if Haruhi is Tamaki's lover. When Haruhi says no, the heiress replies, good, then you're nothing to him. Which Haruhi openly rejects because they are something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Claire tosses the phone into the fish tank and tells Tamaki that speaking with friends will only make it harder to leave. Gosh. Alright. <laughs> Yoshio enters the room, and both he and Tamaki are surprised to see one another. Tamaki apologizes for involving Kiyoya in the host club, but still wonders why the elder Oturi is there. Eclair's retainer apologizes for holding a meeting at the school, but Yoshio appreciates the low profile. He states that he's aware of uh, the Grand Tonnery's plan for a hostile takeover of Oturi Medical, which would negate the possibility of Kiyoya being given control, as he once considered. Tamaki hears this and begins to understand the politics behind his engagement to Eclair and in all of the host's lives, a sobering reality. We're back in the music room, where the hosts are preparing for the closing parade in 18th century French cosplay. Uh, failing to get a response from Tamaki's phone, Kyoya calls the second estate and speaks with Shima Mezoka, who tells them that Tamaki is going to France with Eclair. She conveys that she tried to stop him, but he told her that he could make his mother happy again by seeing her, and that staying in Japan would only make trouble for him and everyone else. Shima says that she doubts Tamaki's mother would actually be happy if she knew the circumstances of his leaving. Kiyoya asks when he's departing and learns that it's that evening. Yet, even as they speak, he spies Tamaki and Eclair passing below in a top-down red convertible. Kiyoya leads the group to a parking garage and commands an Oturi chauffeur to take them in pursuit, the driver hesitating as the Black Onion Squad appears. I hate that. It's stupid. It, it was such an epic moment, and they're like, the Black Onion Squad, and I was like, well, take it out of that moment. There it is. You know what it sounds great in? Japanese. <laughs> it's not in English. Uh, Kiyoya guesses that they've been sent to protect Eclair. 
The squad leader confirms but reminds him that they answer to his father and will use force if necessary to detain them. This is like my favorite scene of this whole show. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, because then all of a sudden, Honey and Maury drive up in that antique carriage, dispersing the squad as Maury tells the twins to use the carriage to go catch up to Tamaki. And they jump out and they're like, oh, it's, it's Honey and Maury. And they're like shivering. And I'm like, and you see Honey like, yeah, let's do this. And I'm like, bro, I'm so hyped for this. Um, so, uh, the Black Onion Squad recognizes them and gives pause and gave the twins a, and Haruhi a chance to make a daring escape. But Haruhi's like frozen. And then Kyoya has to shove her into there and he goes, go get that idiot. And I was just like, it's very emotional. Uh, <laughs> he impresses their luck and is like, getting that horse to go as fast as they could, but they hit a rock and they lose control and he flies out of the carriage and he breaks his freaking arm. So, uh, <laughs> Haru, of course, runs over there and is like, your arm! And then, and then, the, then oh, I'm getting all worked up, but I can't talk. Uh, Haru tends to his brother as hard he watches, but she starts thinking about the conversation with her father that morning, who recollects Recollected. Jeez. The last time she skipped breakfast was after her mom's funeral. We get this really heartbreaking mini flashback to baby Harvey asking, I won't ever be able to see mom again. Oh. Uh, he tells her that while there are things that can't be helped, one must take action when you can. And so Harvey feels it in her heart. She whips out her weave and, uh, like, takes her makeup <laughs> and, like, Girl wig. He's like, let <laughs> go. And she's going to go save the day. Um, we see Eclair and Tamaki in the car as it crosses a bridge. Eclair asks him to entertain her again, but Tamaki demurs and asks if she'll even be happy marrying someone she doesn't really know simply because her family demands it. Before she can answer, Hari's carriage catches up. And Tamaki starts to freak out because she's being reckless and dangerous. He orders Haruhi to stop the carriage and she begs him to come back. No one wants him to leave. She goes, you really are an idiot. We all love you. And I was like, she loves you. She's saying, I love you. Uh, Tamaki says the host club has put everyone out, to which Haruhi scolds that he's a blithering idiot. Um, that everyone likes host club, even her. Uh, she reaches her hand out to him, and he reaches her hand out back to her, but Eclair stops and holds his arm. And as she's doing that, Haruhi's carriage swerves, and she gets thrown out of the carriage and over the bridge. And, of course, we go into, like, a slow-motion dramatic. The ribbons on her dress are blowing in the wind. Um, and Tamaki is like, no. Knowing Tamaki's heroic nature and seeing the depth of his feelings for Haruhi, Eclair realizes that she's lost him, and she relents with tears in her eyes because she could see how great of a person he is, and lets go of his arm to let him go after Haruhi. Tamaki jumps in the air, and they hold each other, and they, like, nuzzle each other, and they both splash into the water, and I'm like, they died. Um... No. <laughs> what if? What if that was the end? I was they just, just die. So mad. Um. So he <laughs> uh, takes the plunge. Tamaki then carries him ashore, pointing out the obvious that she's wet. Haruhi mimics his words all the way from episode one about good-looking men dripping with good looks, and they smile at each other, mm -hmm. and then their friends catch up with them. I. We were so close to a kiss. I was sitting there like, kiss, kiss. And they're like, oh, get away. <laughs> but they're all like happy he's okay. But I'm like, oh. Uh, anyway. So <laughs> Claire watches the reunion from the bridge and then tells her driver to go on. A question from him prompts her to recall the housekeeper who told her stories about her sweet son who played the piano. So her housekeeper is his mom. So, which I think about, like, his mom, it, I don't know, we'll get into that later. Uh, so, <laughs> I just hate it. It's like I'm manipulating your employee, whatever. Uh, Eclair considers how that son, Tamaki, gave up a chance to see his mother again and thinks him a fool. 
albeit a sweet one, adding that he smiled even to someone like herself. So she knew she was bad. As the closing credits mm. for the series start, uh, the Oran Fair is shown in progress, the dance. Um, Haruhi dances with each host in turn, still dressed in the gown that she wore earlier. And it's really cute. She, like, dances with them all one by one. Um, I think I get to that later. Yes, okay. Um, so we then cut to a scene in Yuzuru's office where Yoshio reports the Grand Tonnerre's hostile takeover was thwarted by a student investor uh, by the initials K.O., which we learned to be Kiyoya Oturi. Uh, he was the secret investor and uh, who, who turned out his... His bold move talked by an even more telling one in Kyoya's return of the company to the original owner, Yoshio himself. So Kyoya bought out his dad, stopped the buyout, and then just gave it back to Tamaki's dad so they cannot deal He's with it. He's a classy, classy guy, that Kyoya. Yuzuru worries about the ever-changing future, especially as it concerns the elite, but Yoshio is confident. The Kyoya from the past would have executed a hostile takeover from him without conscience, but the current Kyoya under Tamaki's influence returned the prize back to its original owner, and in doing so, demonstrated maturity, wisdom, and humanity. So that's why Kyoya got slapped. He's basically telling his dad, I'm buying this out from under you, and I'm just going to give it back. And he's like, what? And so that's what. The two men agree that they may be able to become friends, just as their sons have done. But then they also talking about Harvey. And Yoshio adds that he thinks Harvey will make a great wife for Kiyoya. And then Yuzuru is like, maybe we won't be friends because I think he should, she should end up with uh, Tamaki. Um, which I was like, I want to see the juice. The episode I know. concludes with the host all dancing at the ball. Each boy in turn dances with Haruhi, starting with Honey, then Mori, then Kaoru, then Hikaru, then Kiyoya, and then Tamaki. When Kiyoya dances with Tom with her, though, Tamaki tantrums at both of them until Kiyoya graciously releases her back to him, which I thought was so sweet. Like, that is his best boy, and he's gonna make sure she's great and he loves her, and then she and her ugh, it's just a beautiful moment. Anyway, as the two original love interests dance together and don't kiss, uh, <laughs> I needed that. Um, the group comes to, oh, the Mo around them beams, and it's, we don't know if they all figure out she's a girl or not, but maybe one day. The group comes together and stands beneath fireworks that burst above the campus as Tamaki's voice reiterates uh, his early, earliest description of the Oran Host Club and Oran Academy as a playground for the super rich and beautiful. The final scene takes place in music room number three. This is the most sad scene ever. And roses are swirling <laughs> like we see in all the little cutscenes. Uh, with the door swing open wide and all the hosts, all seven of them seated there, thank everyone for being a part of their world from the bottom of their hearts. So they break the fourth wall and basically know that the show is not getting renewed, basically. And they're done, and thank you for joining us. And I was like, okay. <laughs> anyway, that's it. That's the end. Do you want to know what actually happened? Yeah, tell me, because I'm upset. Do the, who ends up with who? I don't know. i got to borrow this after you're done reading. Okay, so this area that we're in right now, there are 18 volumes of Oran High School Host Club. Okay. This is around volume 12. Cool. So you still have six more volumes after this, and holy butt, they are action-packed. Are you ready? Yeah. So they do do the Orin Fair, and it's normal. Nothing crazy happens there. Okay. That's that. Um, But after that, they go on a class trip, as most shoujus do, to go skiing. And when they go skiing, um, Hikaru decides... He understands now his feelings for Haruhi, and he decides this is my moment. So oh. they have a moment, and he that tells Haruhi ski trip episode. He tells Haruhi that he's in love with her. Okay. Okay. So 
they go for like a few days without just hanging there. He doesn't want her response like right away. But as soon, as soon as he could have said that he loved her, she was like, I can't love you like that. And it's because his friendship means the most to her because they're best friends. So church scene with the storm is so sweet. So they uh they don't get together. They are best friends and she uh she he tells her that he still loves her, but his love for her will adapt to what hers is because he just doesn't want her to not be in his life. Really and mature. it's very sweet and very mature and we stand Hikaru he is a good a good boy. boy. Yeah. So while all of this is happening, Grandma Suo is doing some stuff and they're trying to get Tamaki to be more interested in the family business because they have to. They are looking for suitors for him. Eclair does not exist i don't know where she came from i hate her um so all, all this is happening haruhi's starting to feel really weird about all of these suitors with her boy so she's starting to get the feelings mm-hmm. and then oh gosh what happens hold on it's been a minute okay so i'm trying to connect these two pieces in my brain that are not going together. I read this when I was 13, everybody. Please remember, if I get anything wrong, this is what happened. So, there is a girl that comes in, but she's actually super duper sweet, and she actually ends up being friends with Haruhi. Um, She tells Haruhi that she has feelings for Tamaki. And Haruhi says, no, yes. Just immediately just like, oh, my god. And while this is happening, Hikaru tells Tamaki that he is in love with Haruhi and that he needs to get over his family thing. And he says, no, yes. <laughs> and so now they both know that they are in love with the other one, right? And all this stuff is going on with uh, Tamaki's family and they're try- they move him into the main house because he lives in like their second manor. So they yeah. move him into the main house and what's her name? Grandma Suo. She knows where Tamaki's mom is. And she brings her to Japan to use as leverage against Tamaki's dad. But Tamaki's dad ousts her from the board of directors because she's the director of the company and she's gone. It's a hostile takeover. And he uses Tamaki to do it. And I I don't remember exactly how it happens, but he, like, manipulated the situation with Tamaki to oust her. And so Tamaki actually, and so she decides to send Tamaki's mom back to America. And they don't know that she's, or back to France. And they don't know that she's there, but uh, Kyoya does. Oh. So Kyoya tells Haruhi and uh Tomiki's having like this moment with his grandma because he's just being the sweetest boy because he finds out about his mom too from his grandma and instead of being angry about it he's just like I'm sorry that this happened to you I didn't want to be a part of that and so they end up kind of mending their bonds together which is really nice and he minced up with his dad too like they they all end up being a family, sorry. They just don't know how to be a family. The most important part. Do they get together? Just wait, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So, Potter, he knows that Tomiki's mom is there. The whole host club knows now. So they decide that they are going to get Tomiki to see his mom. So they go to him, they grab him, and they say, we're going to get you to your mom so that you can see her before she leaves. And he says, no, that's impossible. And she says, it's not impossible. You taught us that it's not impossible. And so he grabs Haruhi because he can't make himself go on his own. He hasn't seen his mom in like four years. And they go to the airport. They just managed to get there. So he gets to see his mom and they have a moment. And then as the plane is taking off, he's standing there with Haruhi and they're holding hands. And she says, 
senpai, I love you. Right. And, um, then it's the next issue, which is jerky that they leave it there. It's the next issue. And he's just like, excuse me, what? The plane was really loud. No. (laughs) (laughs) So she says, it was nothing. I didn't say anything at all. And he said, did you just say that you loved me? And he's in full Tamaki panic. And she said, I said, I might love you. And they have like this whole argument and she starts listing all of the things about him that are just absolutely insufferable. And he's getting all of those like arrow attached to him, like just in pain. And then finally, she's just like, I just don't know how I feel. Okay. And so he kisses her and he said, well, how do you feel now? (laughs) And they're just like, "Uh." and then they, they tell each other that they love each other and then they leave it there for a week right no one does anything and finally all the host club knows that this happened they can see that nothing is happening and Hikaru is going insane so he's just like what is it what are y'all gonna do and she's like well I don't know I told him that I loved him and then he never said anything so all the boys go to Tamaki and he's in like a huddle of his room just trying to plan the most perfect date for Harvey <laughs> and he just can't do it so they all get together and plan this ridiculous date and he goes to Haruhi to like he asks her to meet him at the school early he goes to ask her out and before he can do it she's like oh I got us tickets to go to an amusement park I thought that'd be a really fun first date for us and he just is like yes that's amazing and he flails and they accidentally drop the tickets and the date plan in the fountain and they end up having to search through it just like they do at the beginning and it's real sweet and she ends up finding the date plans and they're obnoxious and awful but it's so sweet that he puts so much time into it and she's no longer upset that it took him so long to do his stuff so they end up going on their first date first date is excellent the labelia girls show up and the host club was stalking them it was actually really sweet because he woke up that day and didn't know what to wear and his grandma comes up she's like what's wrong with you He's just like, like, I have a, this date and I don't know what to wear. And you think that she's going to, like, not approve because she's been pushing all these suitors on him. And mean, she's, give me bigger summaries. You're giving me too much detail because I want to read it. I love it. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, they end up together. Um, Haruhi goes to study abroad. You think that they're not going to be together. And then as they're going over her living situation, she's like, what's this door in the apartment that leads to the next one? And he goes, oh, that's the door to my apartment. Tomiki goes with her. They go to Boston Aww. so she can study abroad and they get married. That's that. You get you get uh, small snippets of the study abroad so you get them three months in and then eight months in and then the last couple of pages the author tells you that they eventually get married. Aww. And that's that. It's real sweet. They have a little Spain adventure with Kyoya who has a suitor that he does not like. Of course. But all the boys are there, and it's lovely. And Haruhi has hair because it's been growing out, and she's a girl again. <laughs> it's really sweet. So that's the thing. It's uh, it's cute. I like that. So it ends much better in the manga. Well, yeah, they didn't get canceled. <laughs> no. The manga did not get canceled. It just ended. <laughs> so, But definitely worth reading. Definitely worth watching. And we'll talk more about that. Next week. Next week we're gonna summarize and I get to roll this week this time this week. This time for a new show. Get it. What what? I'm still hoping for JoJo. <laughs> I just want more JoJo. I almost started watching it the other day. Because the song's good. And I was like hmm. but the song's a bop. I'm so traumatized from going to the library going, man, that's a really pretty cover for Jojo Manga. Picking it up, opening it straight to the dog scene, and I was like, nope! <laughs> right back. I was like, dang it! Really, if it helps, I don't think any more dogs die, at least. Well, okay, was- well, not in this season, no more dogs die. <laughs> I'm sorry! It was so um, brutal in the manga, like, you see him like burning dog running as they open it and I'm like yo yeah. 
Yeah. It's so much worse than the manga I told you, dude. It hurt me, but I, when I opened it straight to that page, I was like, yo, this is messed up. So really pretty. Yeah, it's real bad. It was they hard. are very pretty. The hard They're back. very expensive, though. Hardback. That I was going to check out from the library. It's so expensive. It's really upsetting. I only buy like one every once in a while. I owe three. I own three JoJo manga, and it's for season four. It's for a Diamond because I love Josuke. The only manga I own everything of is My Hero, and I bought those over time. I own only like two Full Metal, and one is just I got a random one. But it, they were doing hardback collectors of all like characters. Each character got a hardback for each edition. So I bought the um oh, his name left my head. My boy. Alex Louise Armstrong, I'm assuming. Armstrong. Because it's him shirtless and him being like, whoa on the front cover. It's great. Yeah. With his like brass yeah. Um and then I own a yeah. big of Titan. I think that, oh, I own the- I own, I actually own a couple, I own a couple complete series. I have some ongoings in there, but I own everything up to date. Like, I've got, I've got all of Chainsaw Man, I've got all of My Hero, I've got all of Komi Can't Communicate, Marupuri, Toradora, Oren. I don't have room huh? Said my freaking my hero takes up so much room on my bookshelf. I was like, I don't have room for other stuff. It's so much, dude. I know that's not even a long series, but like compared to other ones like One Piece or Naruto, but I love I'm officially 40 chapters into One Piece. I think I'm starting to like it. Uh Michael got to 160 now. Or it's probably more. That was like last weekend. He's like barreled through that because he was trying to get to a certain time jump part before the movie came out, so he would know the characters. So, oh yeah, I didn't. I'm really not interested in watching the anime. I just a lot of people like it, and I wanted to see why. It's very kiddish so far. I'm sure it gets more adult as you go on, but I it's mean, like. I think Naruto really little kitty starts that, and then I think you grow with it. But reading Naruto, it it didn't have the same childlike vibe, you know. I, like it started very serious because it's like a ninja world, and these are pirates, so you think it would be more intense. It does, but you do hit some emotional stuff later because I've heard Michael tell me some bits and pieces and. Mm oil made me cry because i i really like luffy like he's an idiot but he's a sweet boy and that's my weakness all you have to be is sweet <laughs> that's really it for me if you're a sweet boy i love you thus my obsession with the zuku and alphonse <laughs> but they're just they're sweet boys and and freaking hinata and naruto Alright, I'm gonna cut you off there, or else you're gonna go forever. I will. I'm sorry. Anyway, we, we love, love anime. You. Oh no, <laughs> and we love you. Okay, we're done. We messed up. Thank you for watching Gateway Anime Podcast with Bridget and Lauren. Please remember to like, subscribe, and download our episodes. Remember, we also have a Patreon. So if you want to suggest shows for us to watch, make sure you go visit us. Special thank you to Marjorie McClendon for our artwork and designs and Drew Griffith for all of our music. We hope to see you again next week. Remember, we love anime and we love you.